So I don't know. I think that some there comes a point in your life when you just when you realize that number one, life is short, and number two, life is it's your life. You have to live your life, and you start to see the the parts of you that aren't really you. They're just what somebody else has put on you. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take that off. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it off. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not. You know, I'm wearing short skirts. If this dress is cute and it's above the knee, I'm wearing this dress. You know. So I, I don't know that we get more flex. I don't. I don't know that we get more rigid as we get older. I think that there does come a time when we're like, you know what? I'm living. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Okay, so thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us on the Black Women Travel Podcast. Um, can you please share with us your name, where you're from, your business name, and where you're currently located? Sure, Wanda. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. My name is Stephanie Perry. I'm from Dover, Delaware in the U.S., my business is vacarious.com. It's a website and, um, you know, travel blog. And right now I'm back home in Dover, Delaware. I came back uh, maybe about a month ago, and I'm here for the summer between house-sitting gigs. I was house-sitting in London and Amsterdam, and then I came home for a little stretch. Yes. Okay, so Dover, Maryland. Um, what? Delaware. Delaware. Close to Maryland. <laughs> Maryland's our neighbor. Okay. What does the name Vicarious mean, please? I started the website as a way to share my travel experiences personally. So it was like a vicarious, a vicarious vacation for ah. my readers. But now I do more, instead of talking strictly about my own travels, now I do more of talking about how you can do it too. But you know how it is. You don't want to change the name. You think it's, I think it's cute. <laughs> it's cute. And it's different. You know, in this day and age, when you start something, sometimes it's hard to find the .com. So the more creative you get and simple, like it's pretty simple. Absolutely. I'm not getting stephanieperry.com. Stephanie Perry is one, it has to be one of the most common names in the country. I actually know <laughs> four Stephanie Perry's. Only one of them is related to me. The rest are just total strangers. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Well, that's that's cool then. So, get your website together. So, tell me what happened. What happened? So, Stephanie Perry, she's out here. She's living her life. You're a Black American. And then, all of a sudden, you're house-sitting in London and Amsterdam. What, what happened between there? One day... I was on a regular vacation from my regular job. I was a hospital pharmacy technician. And I got, I uh, went on vacation. I went to Brazil for my 40th birthday. And I met a lot of people who were there long term. And they kept saying, why are you only here for five days? And I was like, why are you here for longer? And, they, and this guy said, I'm a, I'm a, um, I work in heating and air conditioning repair. I work, I save my money, I quit my job, I travel until my money runs out. And then I go back and I get another job. And immediately I, I knew, like, this is my future. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take me to start doing this, but I'm going to start doing it. So I first started just working, quitting, traveling. But once that cycle kind of wore itself out and I, you know, burned bridges with all the hospitals in my area, then I started trying to find ways to travel long-term on a super tight budget so that I didn't have to worry about coming back to work and then, you know, going back and being home in the wintertime when it's miserable here. I could be wherever I want for what, whatever month, you know, whatever season I chose. Wow. Okay. So how long did you do the work, quit, travel cycle? I went... I quit my job for the first time, September 2015, and I traveled for exactly a year. 
And then I came back and worked for three months. And then I went to South Africa for a few months. So that was maybe, you know, a, more than a two-year cycle of work, quit, work, quit. Okay. But, but you know, like I said, that got old and, and it works. It works for it works for a while, but after a while, you just have to find a way to keep going. If you want to keep traveling, keep traveling. Or if you want to just come back and work, just come back and work. Was there anything that felt like, I don't know the word, like uh, unsettling about that? I think, and I could be wrong about this premise, but a lot of Black women, I have this idea that we are nesters in terms mm. of wanting a secure home. A lot of the black women that I, I talk to, they're slow travelers. Um, they usually have a home base. So to be dis, not have like that um, steady base, mm -hmm. not that you didn't, cause I don't know that you didn't, but like that's, that was my idea. Yeah. What, no, that's right. How does that work for you? How has that felt? Because I'm sure people are looking at you crazy, Stephanie. <laughs> like, they, like, they like they have to. They have to be like... Let me, let me tell you, I get more people... No more, girl. You need to settle down, girl. Like, I'm sure. Let me tell you, I have more people saying they would. they wish they could do that than I have people looking at me with some side eye. I think that the, the nester part of us, a lot, or that not the nester part of us, but the I must have a home, you know, I must be a homeowner, and these are the, the, the these are the trade, these are the um, marks that I need to hit to prove that I'm an adult. Those are external, and those are forced on us by other people. I don't know that people, there are a lot of people out there who just want to be free. They don't want to be tied down to one specific spot, especially just for a little while. It doesn't have to be forever, but they just want to be free. They want to be able to say, oh, hey, there's a music festival. I want to go to Cape Town International Jazz Festival. I'm going, you know, or I want to be able to do this or do that. You know, I want to learn how to scuba or something, which is something I don't do. But. So I think that a lot of that needing to feel attached is just what other people tell you you have to be to be an adult. <laughs> you know, this is how you do adulting. Buy a home, get a pension plan, stay at one job until you're too old to enjoy the freedom to travel. But I don't think that people really feel that inside them. You know, I don't, a lot of people, some people do, but I think that there are more women, more black women who are like, you know what, I want to be free. I want to be able to kick up my heels and live life like, you know, like I, like it's something I designed for myself instead of like it's something that someone else told me to be. Now, I do move kind of slowly, and I do stay in one place for a, a pretty long time. I house sat in Mexico last year for six months in, in and around the same town. Um, and I've done single house sits that were pretty long, too. So it does feel nice to be able to stay put for a little while. Moving from place to place every three days is not fun, so I don't do it. Um, but I also don't like to feel responsible for a home, <laughs> basically. I don't like feel. I don't, I, I hated the idea of going to work knowing that, knowing how much of my paycheck was going to go just to my home and to my heating and to the water bill. I felt like that was a, a setup. <laughs> you, better, you better talk about it. Please talk about it. Cause like, oh my God, like. It's incredible. It's incredible how much you have to work and then how you have to continue to work in order to maintain and keep the things that you have. That's your the things. Way, they're things. Mm -hmm. But also, okay, so there's that. But I wanted to touch on what you said before, the idea of being free. Because I can imagine some people not believing that that kind of lifestyle design idea is for black people because I know that's why I'm glad we're talking. Yes, because I think that people have experienced that it's just harder for us 
we can't just come back and get another job. It's hard to get a job in the first place sometimes for some mm -hmm. people. Yes. And then the idea of homes, like we come from people who have been displaced. Mm -hmm. And home ownership, especially in the black community, has been such a fight. Right. A aside from just having like a lease, <laughs> you know? Right. You're and right. not being a food desert and like there's there's a lot uh implicated with a living situation so to get to the point where it may have been easier than it has been in the past and to say in this very liberated evolved state like i am consciously choosing like i know people fought for this but this is not for me mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe I believe in fight and flight. You don't have to choose one or the other. You don't have to stay and fight the good fight or break out. You can do both. You can find a way to navigate both. I am I lean very heavily towards flight. But I know that a lot of people say that we have a responsibility here in the United States to stay here to make sure that we uh make progress. So I totally understand that and I I and if you want to do both, I think that it should be, it's your right to do both. You should be able to create, you should be able to decide what your priorities are for yourself. Live your life on your own terms. So yes, you're right. Home ownership is a big deal in our community. College education is a big deal in our community. But you don't have to do one to the exclusion of the other. You don't have to live your life responsibly in terms of, um, Politics. You don't have to live a politically um, uh, conscious or politically aware life to the exclusion of just enjoying yourself. Because, I mean, there have been plenty of sacrifices already, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. How many more generations have to give, give, give away their happiness? How, you know, how long do we have to struggle? there's a different way to do there's a different way to go about it there i think that we've excluded the idea we've we've totally disregarded the idea of you know what maybe this particular struggle isn't for us maybe we can just go someplace else you know a lot of black people love moving to europe paris in particular because it just feels like a different atmosphere not that it doesn't have their own problems or concerns but right. how many you know how many generations do we want to end do we want to invest in the struggle? And when, when are we permitted? When are we allowed to just be free? You know, you talk about how we think that freedom isn't for black people. I mean, that's, that just goes to the core of some, the reason that some people don't allow themselves to take a second and look at their choices. They just think I'm black, I'm designed to struggle in this particular time in history. You better talk about that, all of that. And two, like, I believe that the things that we're doing, the processes that we're going through, women like you and I, which there are so many, and I'm finding more and more every day, but it's like, I think that's part of the evolution. I think that is part of speaking to us not being a monolith, that's right. And so as individuals evolving ourselves and then being able to come together as a collective, as we're evolving ourselves and using travel as a means to do that, is that kind of how you look at it as well? 100%. 100%. Talk about it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So I love it so much. There is something that you cannot verbalize about just not being in America. That's right. There absolutely is stuff happening all around the world. And it's happening to other groups of people against other groups of people, for sure. But there is something about removing myself from that situation that has opened me up in a way that I cannot describe and has lifted such a, a pressure off of me. Did you, did you feel something similar? Wanda, it's, I call it, it, this is how we get to flex American privilege. You know, it's the only time, once you leave the United States, mm -hmm. that's the only time you get to experience American privilege around the world. 
It's not, it's not on the same level as white privilege, but it's pretty nice. You know, nobody, you know, nobody, people, people can identify you as an American on site and the treatment that you get and the lack of some of the um, pressure, the weight off that you feel as soon as you step out of the country is, is life-changing. It's why so many people, once they start traveling internationally, they don't stop. You don't hear about people who, oh, I went out of the country a couple of times. You know, <laughs> it's either, you know, I travel internationally all the time or I haven't been out yet for Black people. It's, it's a total weight off your shoulders and it's, a to and it's a wonderful way to see the world through a different set of eyes. You get to take off, um, not take off, but you get to clean off your lenses a little bit yes. and just flex a little bit as an American. Yes, absolutely. When I tell you I'm about to jump through this internet, <laughs> ma'am, come through thoughtfulness. Yes, it, it is all of that because that's what happens. Like you're in America and you have all the experiences happening around you, these microaggressions. You have these conversations that are being had and it's like a volcano erupting because we had previously not had a strong voice and that collective voice through social media is putting us so in touch with all of the injustices every day. So it's like a volcano. Every day. Mm. Every day. So it's like a volcano erupting in. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, so, it's so amazing to have that close to you, but not have to live that. Because you still care. You know about right. what folks are going through in the states but yeah and this is still yeah this is still home and this is still where your family and your friends are so it's not like you it's you i don't know that we'll ever feel like oh who cares you know who cares right. what was going on? i mean we can't afford that like that's we weren't built that way like no <laughs> no but you just get to go out and feel free i met a black guy in in um i think it was chiang mai in thailand and now I don't know where it was. It was in Thailand somewhere. And he was a he he was a rapper in Thailand. And he was riding around, riding down the street in his little on his little scooter. And he saw me and a couple of girlfriends. He stopped and he came over and he talked to us. He's like, "What are y'all doing here?" You know. And we were like, "So how how do you like living here?" You know, we we're just visiting. He said, and all he could say was, "I feel so free." Mm -hmm. I, he was trying to have a real conversation and tell, but the only words he could that could they just kept come falling out of his mouth. I feel so free. I feel so free. He was from Chicago. Mm. And so, and that was the first, this was really early into my gap year. So this was really early into my time of traveling around for, for the 12 months straight. But I heard that repeated over and over and over again by black people, men and women. It's just such a different feeling to be able to leave the country for an extended period of time and, and be you and not have to wear that cloak of slavery and, and, and Jim Crow and oppression around. You get to just be Stephanie, you get to just be Wanda for just a little while. It's amazing. And you're right. There's no real words to describe it. Man. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. This is my favorite thing to talk about. Well, one of them. I have a lot of things. We haven't talked about tea yet, but whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you had traveled before in your life. So Brazil wasn't your first out of the country experience, correct? Correct. Yeah, my parents are big vacationers. So we took okay. we took a vacation every year when I was a kid. It wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. You know, it was it was a given. And then when I started to be old enough to drive, I used to just take little trips out of town on my own. So travel in itself is is no um isn't anything new. But the idea that you can travel like you can travel long term you know a slow travel or whatever you want to call it the idea that i could do that stephanie that was a total eye opener did you you said that um before we started recording that you did a lot of research in your research did you find other solo women travelers black women travelers Not until, actually, not until after I left, 
I, because I had already set up my, because I had already had the idea to do my travel blog when I left on the gap year, I went to a travel conference in Bangkok and I met other black women traveling like this. And so that was my first time seeing other black women out there. I, had, I went through the whole planning, pl planning phase and the whole saving up your money and getting your plan together phase without really knowing if there were black people doing it. But I knew there had to be. Um, I just hadn't met them. So I had, you know, you have to get, you have to get to that, you have to get to the location where they are and they're pretty much everywhere. So right. <laughs> once I, once I started, once I started doing it, I met every, every time in every country, I meet a black woman who's traveling like this. It's just something that we think is only for the 23 year old, you know, white kid who, you know, is taking a gap year on his parents' dime but it's something that we're doing too. Absolutely. So as you were about to take your travel to like a different place in terms of staying away longer, uh, doing the house sitting, what were the people around you saying? Were people in your ear uh, giving you encouragement or were they being negative? What was that like for you? I had a mix. Even though I was over 40, my parents were terrified. My mom, well, at first my dad was cool with it. He was like, whatever. He's more um, of a risk taker, I would say. And my mom was like, oh, this is terrible. She called everyone she knew and had them call me and try to <laughs> talk about, is she having a breakdown? Like, what is actually happening here? And then, uh, and then she got my dad on her side. But um, then we started to hear from the people who would say, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You know, I wish I had done this or, you know, my, so-and-so, I know so-and-so did something like this. And then that started to bring them onto my side. And then of course, once I got out there and they saw my pictures, my mom was totally like, I came back home for her birthday in the middle of my gap year. And she was like, oh, so why did you come home? And I'm like, lady, you don't remember how you acted when I told you I was leaving for a year? You don't remember how you pitched a fit? and made me promise to come back in the middle, you know? So, so there was a, even the naysayers, or I don't want to call them naysayers, but they were very worried. Even the people who were very worried about me, once I got out there and, and they got to see through me what, was, what it was like out there, what the world was like, even they're like, oh, this is a fantastic idea. I love it. Aww. Um, your mother is wonderful, first of all. <laughs> She called everybody and had, because you know, people don't call people these days anyway, so. <laughs> and had them all call you. Love it. <laughs> got the phone chain going. She, I mean, yes. I, my phone was blowing up. <laughs> my cousin, I had a cousin call me. She was like, what's going on in Taiwan? I said, well, I don't know. What's going on in Taiwan? She said, aren't you going there? I said, oh, Thailand? <laughs> and she didn't know, didn't know where I was going to be worried about. <laughs> worried about the whole wrong place. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so what were the challenges like? What were you running into that was really difficult? Did it have anything to do with uh, your lens, how you were seeing things? Did it have to do with dealing with other people and you trying to do what it was you wanted to do? So... I haven't had a lot of challenges from the outside or from, from the outside. When I, in the planning phase, the planning phase for me went ex extremely smoothly and I got out and started moving around. Um, I did a few of the things that I was afraid would happen did actually happen. Like there were some times when I was just like, I don't like this, you know, I don't like moving from place to place all the time going to new places. People are always taking my picture because I started out in Southeast Asia and a lot of, um, it's not necessarily the people in the country, but other tourists, like maybe, you know, like other Chinese tourists or people from places where they just don't see black people, people who live in the countryside in their country, maybe who don't see black people. They want to take your picture all the time. And, you know, and there are days when I was like, I'm not feeling this. So that kind of thing did happen. Um, but it passes. All I have to do is think about going home and going back to work. And I'm like, nope, I'll stay where I am. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, the challenge for me has been mostly just finding a way to not, 
to finding a way to keep from being bored or, you know, feeling stale and stagnant when I'm doing it. Cause even when you're, when you're in a life of travel at some point you you feel like, eh, you know, I'm over that. So the challenge has been finding new ways to keep it, you know, keep it going, but keep it exciting and not become a drudgery. Cause it's so sad when the thing that you love becomes uh, work, you know, when it becomes a, cha- you know, a challenge to you and so or not a challenge but when it becomes uh, you know you start to see it as more of a hardship than a joy so I just have to try to keep finding ways to be interested in what I'm doing and then on when the day comes when I don't want to do it anymore I have the freedom to say okay I'm not going to do it anymore um, how starting house sitting was a good way to make that switch to switch from staying, you know, staying in one place for a few nights, moving to the next town for a few nights. Now I house sit long term, so I get to stay in, you know, sometimes I stay there for a month or I did one three month house sit. And so that helps me, keeps me from feeling like, oh, I have to find another place. I have to, you know, get back on another bus or another plane or another train because I can't stand airports. I can't stand sitting in the airports. (laughs) So it's a little bit of like travel fatigue. Yes. So you were finding a travel style that was more conducive to who you are and what you need. That's right. Yes. I just had to learn to be adaptable. I started out doing it the way other bloggers were doing it. You know, like I said, the 23-year-old white kids. I started out doing what they were doing, which was, you know, four days in Bangkok, four days in Chiang Mai, then you head over to the beach, and then three days, you know. And that, that, got, that gets old. For me, that got old pretty quickly. And I slowed, once I slowed down and could allow myself a chance to just appreciate that I'm here in this place and I can chill. I don't have to go see six temples today and try two different restaurants. And, you know, I don't have to hit all the tourist attractions. Sometimes I go to a city and I don't even hit the major attractions. I just hang out in the city, go eat, walk around, take some pictures. And so once I decided that I just, I'm, once I remembered that I'm the one in charge of this, things really um, perked up. Yes. I'm, I tell everybody, like, I'm a terrible tourist. You probably won't see any pictures of me in front of whatever is supposed to be popular, but you will find <laughs> plates of food. You will find mm-hmm. tea. <laughs> you might find some other people. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's really important to recognize how you best travel, what feeds you instead of trying to, like you said, try to fit in all the stuff that other people try to fit in right but too like other people don't usually have as much time because they're on vacation like it's it's different Mm -hmm. it's different when it becomes a lifestyle it becomes your new normal so it's it's normal for you to be wherever that's exactly right i had to learn that with food because i was eating every day like i was on vacation and then (laughs) like oh my clothes don't fit i I have to remember i'm not actually on vacation this is just a regular day (laughs) even the vietnamese lady i stayed in a um i rented a room in vietnam for 180 dollars for the month and the lady next door there was a spa next door and so, and the lady would sit outside all day. So I would sit down and talk to her for a little bit in English. She spoke English. She spoke some English. And one day she said to me, you eat ice cream every day? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yes, I do. Because I would walk past, get ice cream, and then bring, bring her one. We'd sit down in the chair and eat ice cream. <laughs> she was pregnant. And I guess she was like, I'm tired of this ice cream. <laughs> Uh, you know what? You're right. I'm eating ice cream every day like I'm on vacation. I need to do, make some better choices. Some, so sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Depends on where I am. In Mexico, I am eating churros. I don't care. You can't tell me. That <laughs> <laughs> was in Italy. It was gelato. Honey. But yes, it does catch up with you. <laughs> that, well, that's we earned it, it though. We earned those pounds. <laughs> Um, let me ask you in the, in finding your preferred way of travel, um, was there anything that helped keep you grounded? Like maybe when you were feeling like, oh, I don't really like this as you were transitioning into what felt better for you or even now something that helped 
keeps you grounded, keeps you from being this way and that way? Yeah, a couple of things. I have had a couple of opportunities to travel with family members. While I was on that year off, my cousin came and we met up in Paris and had a great time. Just a few days, but we had fun. And then my mom came to visit me in Mexico while I was there. So it's always nice to have somebody who knows you come and hang out with you for a little while. Because, you know, when you're traveling like this, your life is always hellos and goodbyes with strangers. So it's really helpful to have somebody you know and who loves you, you love and who loves you, come and spend some time with you wherever you are. It's hard. It's, hard. it's so hard. Everybody's always coming. I'm coming. I'm going to come. I'm going to come visit you. But nobody <laughs> ever does it. You know that. You know. So yeah. I, uh, so it's really great to have somebody just to take a few minutes or take a few days and come and hang out with me. So that's, that's always really helpful. Um, and then I don't, I don't have, like I said, I haven't had all that many challenges or, you know, so it just, it's not like I need something to come in and help me out, you know, to help me feel like I'm floating from here and there. Cause I'm pretty, um, uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say it, but I'm a pretty flighty person. I've been told by other people. So I actually feel really comfortable being not grounded. You know, I feel really comfortable just being like, feeling like I'm just like a balloon floating around in the air. I feel perfectly fine with that analogy. Some people believe that travelers are lost. And so it sounds like you don't see yourself as lost. You see yourself just doing what you do. That's right. I'm not lost. I'm not, I didn't go on this, make this change to seek something, to find something, to find myself. I just did it because I like going to beautiful places. I like to see what else is out there. I don't know how many years I'm going to get on this earth. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, there are some beautiful things out there. Even the sunsets just look so different in some places. The Philippines sunsets are just bananas. I don't know why. There's something about the clouds and the, I don't know. But I just want to see, you know, I just want to see it for myself while I have a chance. And I don't see, you know, I'm not out on some mission to become <laughs> enlightened or whatever. I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. Because I do want to become enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like I'm seeking and searching and lost and, or, or even the opposite, like I'm running from something. I just want to see it. You know, I just want to see it for myself. I don't want to have just the screensavers of all these places that I dream of going, which is how I lived my first 20 years of working. You know, screensavers of all the boats in uh, Thailand and, you know, the screensavers of the rice fields and screensavers of the, you know, of elephants and giraffes in um, um, Kruger National Park. I want to actually see it. That's all. That's it. Yes. That's actually um, something that was in, I believe, like your profile on maybe Twitter or Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. You have a sunset junkie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you may not catch me at sunrise, but baby, when that sun goes down. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm going to be out there. I'm setting up my tripod. I'm taking pictures <laughs> of myself watching the sunset. Believe me. <laughs> There's video involved. Yeah, believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. And that's there for us. There's no real, you know, that's a, that's a show that was, it's yes. there for us. I, I love it. And I love it when I go to a place and you can tell that people feel like the sunset there is an event. In a lot of parts of Southeast Asia, people just gather around for the sunset. There's nothing else happening. They're just sitting down watching the sunset. And that's, I, I mean, I'm there for it. I, that's, I want that to be a part of my regular life. Absolutely. I spent a little bit of time in um, Krabi, uh, Thailand. Mm -hmm. South Thailand. Yes. When I tell you it was Koh Lanta, the sunsets there, it was just like, what, what's going to happen today? And you, yes. and you think nothing's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, like this light pours through or the clouds shift, like mm -hmm. just breathtaking. And it was so, it was so dope just like being on the beach taking a nice little walk and just watching this show like there's nothing there's just nothing like that that feeling uh, it's it's like a feeling of being connected mm -hmm. 
That's really right. peaceful. The the beach in Bali, I felt like that beach was like the end of the world. It was like, okay, at the edge of the water, like you just don't fall off. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know. Have you been to Bali? I have, but I went to Seminyak oh, Beach. Okay. I went to Ubud. I went to Ubud, you know. And then oh. I went to my beach time was at Seminyak. I didn't get to the um the pretty beaches. <laughs> No, I think it's kind of hard to people talk about how like trashy it is, and it was a yeah. trashy when I was there. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, we could talk about sunsets um, all day. So when you do get to a new place, like how do you like to explore? How do you like to check out your new digs? I usually start out on foot and just you know walk around, ex- extend my circle, so I feel comfortable where I am. Um, I, because I do a lot of house sitting, I do a lot of dog walking because a lot of my house sits are pet sits. So the dogs pretty much, they know where the parks are. So they just let them leave me. I let them, <laughs> seriously, let them lead me to their favorite places. And sometimes it's an interesting place. Sometimes it's just like a trash can. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but then I like, um, but then I try to, as soon as possible, get comfortable with public transportation because that's the thing that I can um, that become like a block and I'd be like, Oh no, I don't know how to ride the bus. You know, when you don't speak the language where you are, it's, it can be hard to figure out the bus and the train. Not hard. Well, not hard, but it's one of the harder parts of travel. It's not hard because today in, in 2019, Google is amazing and Google maps are amazing. But I try to learn, figure out the public transportation system. I always find a go-to restaurant. If, I'm, if I know I'm going to be at a place for a specific, you know, from a weeks or months, try to find at least one go-to restaurant right off the bat. Because deciding where to eat and what to eat is pretty exhausting. It's something we don't re- realize is a big deal. It, it takes up a lot of brain power throughout the day, trying to figure out where, and where to have your meals and what to eat in a foreign country. Yes. So I try to mm-hmm, so I try to find some place that I can call like a, a home base for for each meal, and then I just let it let it go and let my mood or my you know let the atmosphere decide how much or how little I'm gonna do. I'm perfectly fine being in a place and like we said, not even hitting the main tourist attractions. And then there are times when I want to see it all, like I want to see every single thing and do every single thing that is on the top ten list or the top fifty list or whatever. It just depends on how uh, how I feel, what the weather looks like, because I don't you know I'm at a place where I don't have to deal with bad weather. <laughs> so, <laughs> I try to avoid winter. I'm boycotting winter. I try my <laughs> so yes, but my days look pretty. My day, days look pretty different, just depending on what I feel. You know, what I feel like doing. There are days when I'm out and and hitting all the check marks, and there are days when I can just lay around all day, hang out, and you know, pet the dog and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice being able to control your time like that. Mm-hmm. to manage your time. So, um, are there any particular self-care practices that you have? I do a lot of walking, and I, I consider free time self-care time. Talk just, about it. Just free time, when you're not obligated to do anything or to be anywhere or to help anybody or any of that. I do, I'm a freelance writer, you know, so that's how I make a a little bit of money to eat. That's how I eat. But uh, I like also to write just for me. I wish I had journaled during my gap year, something that I didn't do when I was traveling in the, you know, in the beginning to those 12, you know, 12 countries in 12 months. I didn't do a journal. I didn't keep a journal. But now I do a little bit of writing that's just for me. um, That's totally separate from the freelance writer life. And um, I just had let my mind go where it wants to go. You don't have to have it dictated. So like 99.999% of most people's day is already dictated to them what you're going to do, even what you have to think about at this time. You know, when you're at work, you have to think about work. When you're with your family, you have to think about your family. You know, when you're driving, even when you try to let your mind go when you're driving, the traffic won't let you and, you know. So it's, it's such a blessing. It's such a privilege to just have free time just to let my mind wander 
Um, and that's what, and I consider that self-care. Oh, you are saying all of the things <laughs> that are so wonderful. Yes, 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 yes. I think that um, our society, like America, a lot, a lot of societies are just kind of built that way. Maybe it's the having to always generate income. Right. And a lot of your energy goes towards that. Because if you don't have money, you're not eating. Like, you can't just roll up at your family's crib and be like, hey, what y'all got for dinner? Like, not <laughs> usually. That's not the type of culture a lot of of people come from these days. I know that some other cultures are very mm -hmm. uh, close. And so it's more connected and like, oh, like, you're not going to be homeless. But like, I communal. think, yes, more communal. But like, a lot of folks don't don't have that. And so that's an extra pressure that I don't think we talk about enough is kind of being on your own. Like, and so having to constantly take care of yourself, <laughs> it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> so being somewhere where you have more space to breathe because maybe the cost of lower is living or what have you, uh, that totally helps you to learn how to be with yourself and i think a lot of people are afraid of that anyway yeah being able to take that time and sit with yourself and hopefully not see yourself as a monster but yes yeah all of that is t your self-care tip oh me i got so many self-care things um Tea is just delicious. I don't know okay. why. <laughs> I don't know why I have this thing for it, but it's a burning passion that will not go away. I just be so excited about tea, all kinds of tea, especially like in Asia. I'm in Malaysia right now. So okay. uh, in Asia, they do milk teas and mm -hmm. like touch me, hold me. <laughs> But like it's uh, it's very sugary a lot of times, so like I just yes. have, to, have to watch out for that. Incense is self care. Um, I just went to Little India yesterday <laughs> and got trapped in the incense section. Like that's where I spent all my time in the store. Uh, smells so delicious, so heavenly. Um, so yeah, I got a lot. Um, let me ask you. Is there a song, lyric, or a poem that's speaking to you these days? Right now, so I'm embarrassed to say that I've really just been introduced to Audre Lorde. It's, it's shameful. It's shameful. I even went to black colleges. It's, <laughs> I don't know what happened, and I majored in English. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, you know what happened. They failed me. <laughs> They failed me. So I've just been introduced to Audre Lorde. And right now my favorite is for each of you. And it starts out, be who you are and will be. I love it. I love it. That just tells me. Yeah, it, it, it talks to me. So I love that. Like, it's all right. It's, mm -hmm. it's already all right. It's not going uh -huh. to be okay. Like, it already is okay. Be who you already. Are. And, and, and you, you, it's okay to be who you're going to be. People think that, oh, I'm not. People box themselves in so easily. We, we label ourselves and then this is who I am. And it's okay to be who you will be. Who you, will be. you don't have to stick yourself into this box. You don't have to wear these labels if you don't want to wear the labels. You know, I, I, people always um, want to know, are you, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert when I'm talking about travel? And do you, you know, the way, the way that I travel? And do you consider yourself this or that? And I'm like, I'm, my name is Stephanie. You know, I don't want to, I don't want Hi. I sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I'm this, sometimes I'm this thing, sometimes I'm that thing. I don't have to be who, I don't have to be the, who the label says I am. I can be who I, who I am and I can be who I will be. You're starting to sound like Lauren Hill now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you said the label, I was like, okay, girl, what's that record about to drop? Um, Lauren Hill's always in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about okay. it. Yes, yes, and yes. But again, that's that's just our training that we come from, checking those boxes. I'm this or I'm that. 
especially like I think the older people get, they become less flexible. They become, I guess it's like more settled in their commitment to non-growth, I guess you could say. I wanted to say I don't here, know. But that was kind of cruel, so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm here in Delaware with my mom who was 72, 70 something and her 70 and 80 year old friends and honey, they have thrown off the chains. They, they are. Yes. <laughs> my mom, you know, she used to be the, I'm not wearing a dress above the knee. I'm not like, she spent all those years doing this. Now look at her and I'm like, girl, what you doing? You know? <laughs> Mom, is that? Where, where are you going in that dress? She got it after. <laughs> Now she spent all those years talking about, you know, straightening, first of all, straightening my hair from before kindergarten. All, even my preschool pictures, I have pressed hair. No, uh, ma'am, not the super uh-huh. slick down. Straight, honey, straight. And then <laughs> when I went natural, I went natural maybe 10 years ago. And like the, for at least the first three years, every time she would see me, she would say, I thought you'd get your hair done. And I'm talking about, I had styles where it would take me, you know, hours <laughs> to do my hair. I step out of the house, go visit her. First thing she says is, I thought you'd get your hair done. Now she's got a natural, her hair is big. And I'm like, girl, she's feeling free, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I think that some, there comes a point in your life when you just, when you realize that, number one, life is short. And number two, life is it's your life. You have to live your life. And you start to see the the parts of you that aren't really you. They're just what somebody else has put on you. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to take that off. I'm going to take, I'm going to take it off. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm wearing short skirts. If this dress is cute and it's above the knee, I'm wearing this dress, you know? So I, I don't know that we get more flex. I don't, I don't know that we get more rigid as we get older. I think that there does come a time when we're like, you know what? I'm living. Yes, ma'am. But she also has you as a daughter. And maybe she wouldn't have given herself permission to do the things she's doing if you hadn't given yourself. So- it's quite possible. I'm willing to take credit. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'll take the credit. Why did you make me ugly laugh? Oh, my God. I invite this lady to my podcast. She out here embarrassing me. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. But I think there's something to that. I think I think sometimes the, the the folks that are staying in these stagnant waters with each other mm-hmm. and are not allowing themselves to be exposed to people who are growing and judging those people who are growing when in fact it's like they are really upset with themselves for not taking the risk to do something different themselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. But it's a, a lot of a lot of criticism has nothing to do with you, right? Oh. The criticism is all it's about the person who's you're saying the words. They're just exposing what's going on inside their head, their own internal self-talk. Yes. It's Absolutely. like are you are you having fun talking to yourself cuz you ain't talking to me no, <laughs> at no. all. Okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about vicarious a bit. So, my friend Stephanie is out here in the digital street. She has 50 cities where Airbnb is less than $500 a month. She has staying in hostels over 30. She talks about solo travel. She talks about healthcare. She talks about insurance. Uh, Stephanie talks about where black travelers are welcome. You talk about travel hacking a little bit. You talk about black families. Like uh, this is all on your YouTube channel and you are selling you are selling the idea. You are trying to give people as much information as you yourself has so that they can make an informed decision. You are getting rid of the unspoken fears that people have, or even the real fears that people have. Yes. So how has that been? Have people been connecting with your content? How has it been creating that content? Yeah. it's been amazing. I, I did this because sometimes, you know, people ask me questions, especially black women. Most of my, like I, Instagram was where I started sharing my travel picture, you know, travel stuff. And black women would always ask me questions. And I'm like, well, let me create something so that they have my, at least my answers in one place, you know, one stop shop. You can go, you know, find the, find the answers here instead of searching all over the internet like I did. 
Um, but it's been amazing how many people, like straight, I'm like, how did you even find this? Strangers are responding and, and talking about it and it's opening up a dialogue. And there are so many other women out there who are in the middle of it right now. So I hope that ne the next step that I can do is help to introduce people to other women like us who are other black women like us who are out and about and, you know, creating, you know, tra traveling the way they want to instead of, you know, if they don't want to just travel during their two weeks of vacation, then they want to find a way to do it a different way. I want to show them some of the options out there. And it's been amazing. People, the response has been overwhel like overwhelming. I'm not saying that, you know, um, I don't mean in terms of going viral because you don't need to go viral to help somebody. And just helping one person or answering one or two people's questions is making a big shift in their life, right, and in mine. So it's been an amazing experience so far. And it's pretty, the YouTube channel is pretty new. I started it with 30 videos in 30 days, which was, ugh. A dumb idea <laughs> but it means that, that but it means that what I know I can help hurry up and get it out of my head and get it somewhere where somebody else can access it and it's evergreen like this is excellent content that uh, works regardless of like if it's five years up the road more than likely yeah. because like yeah people are going to have these same questions over and over until it becomes like a known thing. Mm -hmm. That's right. And you package it all as the grown up gap year. So it's like, okay, you don't have to like leave your home country forever. Like, why don't you just start with a year? Why don't you just plan a year? And I think that's really smart to help people make it more bite sized, more approachable. That's right. A lot of people don't want to change, don't want to leave forever. They don't want to change their whole life forever. They just need some time. You know, I have a friend who says they're just exhausted. You know, they just want a break. You don't have to, I'm not saying you need to sell your house and sell all your items and live out of a backpack for the rest of your life. But if you want to take 12 months after, you know, between jobs or just take a leave of absence or quit like I did, and see, you. there's a lot you can do in 12 months. And 12 months is enough time to know, is this something that I want to continue or am I good? You know, I'm back to go back to work, feel refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to take on new projects. Absolutely. Talk to me just a little bit or a lot of bit about what it has been like for you traveling as a Black woman, as people perceiving you as a Black woman. More good than bad, definitely. A lot of people in the travel blogger community, in the Black travel blogger space, there's a lot of talk about specific, um, you know, the bad stuff, because it's natural to comment on the bad stuff. Like, people are always taking your picture, and so there are people who want to touch you sometimes. But it's definitely been more good. People have been extremely welcoming and helpful to me, just out of the blue for no reason, strangers. I had a woman in Brazil, I, was, I decided I was gonna take a shortcut. I was going to visit a church or something and she came out of her house, came out of her, down her steps, came down, grabbed my hand and said, in English, you're in a bad neighborhood. I'm gonna walk you to the corner so you can get to the right, get the right, get going in the right direction. People have been extremely helpful to me and I think some of it is because I'm a black woman. They see me as, um, a friend like or an ally instead of like uh, here comes this <laughs> white tourist here you know in our way taking pictures of our kids I think that people have been much more graceful and, and, and friendly to me because I'm a black woman and that's another way that I get to flex when I'm out traveling when I go places and when I'm with white women they always comment on it how people treat me differently people treat me so well and I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I <laughs> <Do> they? <laughs> they always come. I walk through a market in Mexico and they're giving me free strawberries and, you know, <laughs> hola morena, you know. And it's just, it's, it's nice to be, to be um, appreciated because you know you're going to stand out in most, in a lot of places. Because even in South Africa, I stood out. Even in South Africa, people right away knew I was an American. So they, but it didn't mean that they were going, that anybody was going to mistreat me or, you know, not want to deal with me in any way. 
So I think traveling as a black woman is pro it, I can't compare it to anything else, but it's got to be the best way to go. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody else and being so welcomed and so, you know, so reached out to. I mean, people just stop and reach out. In the Philippines, they, people, I got invited to people's homes for meals, just walking down the street, minding my business or sitting in the mall. One woman came up to me. I was sitting in the mall. She took me out for lunch. She was from the Philippines, but she had taught in New Jersey for years. And she came and then moved back to the Philippines when she retired. And she came, saw me in the mall, sat down and said, have you been to this restaurant called Recipes? And I said, no. She said, let's go. She ordered a table full of food and then wouldn't let me pay. I can't imagine that other people have that experience. That's so amazing. That's brilliant. I love to hear that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's just trading on that good reputation that Black women have. You know, there are some negatives. There are some people who will view us in a negative light when they see us, but it's definitely in my experience, it's definitely by far outweighed by people viewing Black women as wonderful. <laughs> and they want just a little piece of that Black girl magic just for, <laughs> just for a few minutes. They want to be in the vicinity. They want to be in the building. Well, first of all, we all know Black people is the coolest people in the entire world. So that's mm -hmm. <laughs> But mm -hmm. second, like, Black women are really blowing things up. <laughs> yes, we are. Mm -hmm. we're carrying we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders is what we're doing and that's why we need to take some time off mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there are also those those experiences though where you know patriarchy is real and alive and some black women regardless of like you say people know right off that you're american regardless like um uh, some black women have been approached um as though they're sex workers Mm-hmm. But that depends, of course, on the place. Mileage is definitely going to vary regardless of where you go. But like in your skin, as you are, it sounds like super positive, like. Yes, rave absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I've stayed away from places that have those reputations. I don't. Have you been to Morocco? No, I haven't. I haven't been to Morocco. And it's partly for that reason. I think that. Um, I would like to go with someone. I don't think I would want to go solo to Morocco. I've heard, I've heard that from multiple, from not multiple, like hundreds of black women that they were um, treated like sex workers in Morocco and maybe even some parts of Italy. I guess it depends on where and when. But, um, but for one, like I said, I just avoid that situation. I avoid places that have that reputation. Um, and then I'm 40 something. So maybe that gives me an extra amount of um, privilege or gives me an extra, yeah, yeah, prevention. You know, people don't see me like that or don't, don't, yeah. Maybe they see the age and they're just like, whatever, pass by her. <laughs> I mean, it could just be like your energy or whatever. I, I, that's why I find that mileage really does vary. You could be the, the same kind of brown, like, you know, not particularly dark skin, not particularly light skin, and get a different reception. Because, like, people just, mm -hmm. I mean, you even, we all treat people differently based on That's life. Right. So they just not know not to come with that <laughs> to you. <laughs> could be. Could be that. Could be. Could be the head wraps and the afro. And the Girl. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Erica. Bye, uh, it could be that. <laughs> <laughs> not that she invented head wraps but whatever um, <laughs> um how can people support your work so there are trillions of listeners <laughs> for this podcast <laughs> where do you want them to go how can they reach you my okay so i'm on instagram is my first love i do really feel um, a bond and a kinship with the people that we who follow each, we follow each other on Instagram. It's a little community. So Instagram is probably the easiest place to reach out. Uh, do you can DM me? I don't care. I, I'm, I respond. I'm there. Uh, my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are at Vicarious, and my blog is Vicarious.com. Uh, but come hang out with me on Instagram, or if you want to watch some YouTube videos about why you should quit your job and travel for a year, and how you can quit your job and travel for a year, check me out on YouTube. Just search Stephanie Perry Gap Year. You'll find me. 
because my YouTube link, I haven't shown a YouTube link. YouTube links are pretty long. But just Stephanie Perry, Gap Year, I'm there. I'm black. You pick, just click on me. (laughs) (laughs) Just, it's me. Okay. Fantastic. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to share with the girls today. Um, This is so fun. Oh man, strangers on the internet is lit. Like I love it. It's Stephanie true. and I met on Twitter, and she was like, "If you're looking for guests," and I was like, "Actually, I slid into that DM already, ma'am." <laughs> <laughs> Get at me. So yes, talk to people on the internet. And again, thank you, Stephanie. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I'll I'll meet up with you sometime. I R L. Yes, I would love to. Uh-huh. Mm, mm, mm. I can see it happening already. <laughs> All right, Stephanie, you take care of yourself. You too. All right. Bye. Ooh. Mm. Ah, um.